0: Yes, we bring a lot of things to the table because this is True Crime Trine. It's a podcast where the planets align. Three friends talk about true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit we can fit into this podcast. We are your hosts, Hannah, Sarah, and Meredith. Welcome to episode 33. Yay, odd numbers. Hate it. Love it. <laughs> Two odd numbers together. Ugh. Yes.
1: Oh, yes. It's very feng shui. I hate it, <laughs> but it's I don't know not what the m- fuck I'm talking about. But I, 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 like I it. don't even know. I don't think it's feng shui. But uh, I like things that
0: come in threes. Okay. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, not my episode. So I'm in a grump, and I don't like the number thirty-three.
1: So there's a rule of thirds for like photography and stuff too. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, know about it's, that. Just, it's visually aesthetic. Yeah,
0: but the 33 is an ugly looking number.
1: I think it's cool. Oh, it looks it's like boobs and a butt.
0: No, it just looks <laughs> dumb. From the top or the bottom. You choose. <laughs> boobs on a. Whatever. Still don't, <laughs> don't like it. it too hard. <laughs> Still don't like it. I don't need number porn. All right. <laughs> I have a little bit of housekeeping. Housekeeping. Okay. So we are adding hungry to what our country the fuck? list. This is high hungry. That's so cool. High hungry. I never thought yeah. someone in Hungary would listen to me. <laughs> right? And then Norway is just lighting up our analytics. And Norway. So whoever's awesome. in Norway, like reach out. We would love to hear from you. And then we added south dakota to our state so Ooh. we are 34 states and counting plus dc okay so we are trucking We're along trucking right along i need to catch up on the website and do some social media i know <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get there we will oh someday i'm gonna log in and look at our analytics and it's just gonna be like off the fucking there'll chart there'll be a big old boom because i finally got my shit together <laughs> I tried to make this as simple as possible, even auto. No, Morris, you're an asshole. What? Yeah. What? Fuck you. Oh. Bye, kitty. Morris. Morris. Okay. Anywho. <laughs> oh, he's still swishing his tail. Like, mm-hmm. mm, I am not <laughs> pleased with him right now. It appears that he is not pleased with anybody right now. I don't know, I don't know what his grump is. He just stays at home all day. At least I have reasons to be grumpy. Did
1: he get bumped on the head? Unless he bonked himself on the head, is which that, is, is a, possible. A standard um, uh, behavioral change to watch out for. Uh, Increased violence.
0: This is a concussion <laughs> in a
1: cat? I'm going to Google
0: that. Yeah, because it was actually like a pretty real attack on me. And I was like, excuse me? But anywho. This is not Cat Problems Corner. No. Or Hannah's Problems Corner, but we can make that a corner. Hannah's rants. I don't think Morris has a concussion based on the symptoms. Okay. He's just being an asshole today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe he's feeling... Listeners, we are recording this be- right before... The day before the big lunar eclipse. Maybe he's feeling some oh. moon energy. Maybe that's why I'm mm. also grumpy as shit.
1: Hmm...
0: There's a lot of reasons why I'm grumpy as shit, but I'm going to blame part of it on the moon. Okay. Any other housekeeping? That was all I had. You had exciting housekeeping. Mm Mm-hmm. We can close Hannah's grape corner and we can go into story. Sure.
1: First of all, I've got several things happening. This is also a story of someone who's feeling particularly strangely grumpy on one day. Oh. It's kind of a weird one-off, but... I'm really, really leaning into this like cold weather feeling. My mom and I just went shopping and I got like a bunch of new sweaters. And I'm I'm, like, I always love winter. Definitely. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm a cold weather fiend, but. Our penguin. Yeah. (laughs) Cold weather and raw fish, please. But I really leaned in and I was looking for wintry themed murders on this one. Okay. So there's, it's kind of a grab bag, but I'm always like, what can I do this time? But I really liked the idea that, again, it's. 33, and I like odd numbers, so there, I have three little stories here. Are we doing here. three stories again? Yeah, and three stories again. Day. It's really fun to do three different things and have them all connected in some sort of, and there's three of us, and it's cute. I don't know. Oh,
0: I'm not against it at all. I just think it's funny because you also use that,
1: I'll do three or for 30. for
0: number 30, yeah. I'll do three for 33, and then I'll do three for 36 because that's six is two threes.
1: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> So, let's get into this grumpy shit. Ugh. Bring it. So, (laughs) Jeffrey Allen Spade was born on June 16th, 1973, which makes him a two-faced Gemini.
0: Uh, ah, Not
1: that all Gemini are uh, two-faced, but he. Thank you. This one is definitely two-faced. All right. So, born June 16th, 1973 to William Spade and Margaret Gibbon Spade. He graduated from Wilkes University with a bachelor's in environmental engineering and then got a master's in water resource and environmental engineering. He was employed as a licensed engineer for over 20 years. He also served in the United States Navy, working as a shipboard engineering technician. Okay. He later then changed into uh, working in the Army National Guard and the Navy Reserve and worked as a heavy equipment operator with his engineering background. And then also, after working as a facilities engineer for the Lackawanna River Basic Sewer Authority for five years, he became an environmental engineer manager for the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection. So all this is like cool. This guy is—he's got a career. He (laughs) has his shit together. Yeah. 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 He seems like he's got a—he's a really important cog somewhere in the wheel, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He lived in Plains Township and enjoyed running marathons and um, spending... Well, he's got a now, hobby, you know. Now
0: he's a psychopath.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, granted. He also likes to spend time with his nephew, Jaden, and everyone else in his family. Everyone seemed to think that he was a kind, caring, gentle person. But on February 1st, 2021, so this Ooh, year... recent. In Plains Township, Pennsylvania, James and Lisa Goy, his neighbors from across the street, were shoveling the snow from their driveway when he noticed that they were outside. They'd had some previous altercations with their neighbor before this day, but none were as bad as this one. Perhaps spitefully, they began shoveling their excess snow and shoveling it onto his property and throwing it in (laughs) his driveway. (laughs) Um, Penny. That's so (laughs) petty. And just causing trouble. So he comes outside and tells them to stop. This of course doesn't go over well because they're I don't know temper tantrum throwing toddler adults I don't know, um okay. <laughs> so doesn't go over well. This leads to a very heated exchange. James Goy threw a squeegee that he was using to help clear snow off of his windshield and walked across the street to confront. They lived across the street from each other. Yeah,
0: they, it's a lot of effort then to put the snow onto the yeah onto like they went out of their way. Neighbor, I thought it was just like. Over the fence or something.
1: No, they went out of their way to piss him off. All right, they're
0: being extremely petty.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So he throws this squeegee and starts, like, being very confrontational. He marches across the street and even raises his fist and does kind of, like, one of those threatening gestures like he's going to punch him when you're looking for someone to flinch. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But instead of, you know, like, interacting or becoming physically violent in fisticuffs, Spade retreats back into his house and at this point, the goys are seen on surveillance camera continuing to yell and curse at him.
0: Oh, like just at the house because he's yeah, not even there like, anymore?
1: Like he's slowly like walking back like, oh, girl, all
0: right, goys, <laughs> something happened. You guys are a bunch of grumps.
1: Yeah. Well, So it's James and his wife, Lisa, both doing this.
0: Yeah, I said the goys.
1: Okay. Oh, I okay. think you said boys.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I, I was th- like,
1: it's not just a boy. no, no, no. <laughs> Toxic no. masculinity. No, 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 no. Yeah, they they need to calm down. So they're yelling and cursing at him. Surveillance footage shows that they're yelling at him, calling him a motherfucker and a pussy. And Spade goes into his house as they continue this, like, montage of expletives. Yep.
0: Mm -hmm. This is a lot.
1: Yeah. in, In the video, James is actually heard yelling at the neighbor, I'll knock your ass out and I'll make your life a living hell. Wow. So Spade responds, what? Fuck you, you fucking scum. (laughs) and then lisa that's fair yeah sure like (laughs) i'll give him that you started this whole thing with the whole snow thing Mm -hmm. but lisa who is carrying a shovel then comes over and chimes in you're the fucking scumbag you don't even know how to talk to somebody why do you care lisa yeah right none of your business lisa james says that's right you're a pussy 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 her (laughs) husband continues say. pussy 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 he's like having (laughs) a seizure and he's like, <laughs> he's like throwing up middle fingers and making violent gestures and things. This is so much. Yeah. I do Why are you so confrontational? I do hate being
0: cold. And I do think shoveling a driveway is, sounds like a terrible thing to do.
1: So moments later, he goes into his house and then he emerges from, emerges from his residence holding a pistol. Not a spade? Oh. No. Spade spade emerges with a pistol, not a Spade. The- Lisa had the spade. She had the uh, shovel. I was
0: hoping it would come <laughs> in.
1: Yeah. So the goys, you know, well, not a normal response. Don't say anything like, oh, shit, let's get inside. They yeah. carry on with oh, their verbal shit. abuse. shut your fucking mouth. They carry I'm on. I'm still a
0: little bit on spade's right? side. Like, i oh, you think you I'm you a pussy? this.
1: Yeah. They're escalating it. It's just you getting keep more and escal- more out of hand.
0: I mean, oof. I mean, it's yeah. bad. It's <laughs> don't bring a gun to a verbal fight, but – but they sound really annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah. And this isn't the first incident. I don't know what the other ones were. I tried looking into it, but couldn't find what their actual history was.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to know, like, what James, or what was his name? Spade. James and
1: Lisa Goy. Oh, and Jeffrey Spade. Jeff
0: Spade and, like, the Goy's, like, what they did to each other. Because right now it just seems like the Goy's are, like,
1: ridiculous. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I would love to know what happened to initiate all this, because there's no way that you just, like, throw snow across the street. Across for no reason.
0: the street. Make your job <laughs> even harder.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty spiteful. So, he's outside, he's got a pistol, the goys carry on, and they're, like, Lisa's even heard on the surveillance saying, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, they carry on, like, calling him a pussy? Yeah. Damn. Like, they're, they're like, I bet you won't do it kind of stuff, right?
0: Oh, don't tempt a grumpy person.
1: Yeah. Once James realizes that he's got a gun, James yells, put the gun down. And at this, Spade fires several rounds, striking James first, then Lisa. Oh. Lisa, now lying on the ground, yells out, you fucker.
0: <laughs> okay. Now that is what I would say if I got shot. <laughs>
1: like not to scream me or calling 911, just like still going at it. You fucker! <laughs> I think is an appropriate response to being shot. I feel bad, yeah, I but agree. I'm I'm also like Jesus.
0: Well, they were the antagonists. Yes, it sounds like yeah.
1: So he goes back in. They're both laying on the ground. It seems like James is like definitely on his back and sputtering blood. Spade then comes back out with a larger rifle and walks up oh. to them oh, and shoots them, necessary, killing them both in the middle of the street.
0: Where okay. are the other neighbors?
1: It's staying inside, <laughs> calling nine one one. I
0: I would just be peeking. I might call nine one one this point, but I probably would have been peeking this whole time, like just ooh,
1: the, yeah. Ooh, the I mean, maybe recording because there was this story was actually leaked. There was a um, either the surveillance camera or a cell phone camera recording was put up on YouTube and then taken down a few days later of like okay of the actual murder.
0: They're ring oh, they doorbell put that on something like that. CD. Yeah, yeah, oh, and it was a big deal. That.
1: No, you can't. <laughs> So... Is there, like, a dark web YouTube? Oh, i There sure. has to be. So at some point, also on the recording after this, Spade is heard saying, you should have kept your fucking mouth shut, and shoots her again.
0: Well... Well, this is hard. This, is-
1: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't condone that type of
0: violence, but, like... Sometimes you just fucking snap, right? You've yeah, had enough he snaps. of their verbal abuse. <laughs> and I mean, A, they're fucking with, you know, his driveway and the snow and they're antagonizing him. And then even when he technically is like trying to defend himself, they're still like antagonizing
1: him. So, like, I don't know. Yeah.
0: And this seems like it had a long Mm buildup of interactions. I
1: wish, I really wish I knew the backstory of like what they'd been doing before this. Because it it sounds like quite a tale.
0: I mean, I was ready to murder someone in the Trader show parking lot tonight and (sighs) I don't even know them.
1: Hannah is grumpy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You would have been mad too, Sarah. It was two, it was two cars with busted ass mufflers they don't muffle anymore and they were both going oh. and the other one was answering
1: and they were doing that all around the parking lot oh lord i hate when i see what is it coal rollers on the freeway i don't know what that what is that is. it's like when they have like um, a modified truck that they've like taken all of the filtration stuff out so it's oh they literally like blow black smoke at you when they accelerate on purpose on purpose i'm yeah. so, like Not only are you a dick and a fucking asshole, but you're fucking over the environment too uh, for no reason, other than you want to be seen as a dick. Like, no. Yeah. You're not cool. Um, Become a useful part of society, please, and get rid of that stupid vehicle.
0: If any of our listeners find the brr of a a shitty-ass car attractive, let us know what the appeal is. (laughs) If that gets you wet, (laughs) use contraceptives, please. (laughs) But let us know what the appeal is, because it just made me
1: mad. (laughs) i'm gonna take a big sip of wine for that one (laughs) okay so of course there's video surveillance there's neighbors seeing this the cops get called all of this is being able to be you know reviewed and make sure that everything's it is what it is kind of thing it's really really unfortunate so the police arrive on scene um and as they're approaching spade's house a final gunshot is heard and um he's taken his own life okay so this turns into a murder suicide well, and I guess he probably thought about it and was like, ah, um, down fucked. for
0: a second. Oh, shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, the goys left behind their 15-year-old autistic son who was inside their home at the time Aww. of this incident. And he is now in his grandparents' care. That's sad. Yeah. So, don't be grumpy. Take a deep breath. Don't let the moon affect you that much. <laughs> right. Yeah, this was, was like, in the wake of, like, a a crazy winter storm, too, where they were about to get, like, I don't know, 30 inches or something dropped on them that that day. I don't know if it was, like, the day before or the day after, but, like, they were getting a substantial amount of snow. So, snow. Okay, my next one is literally a cold case. Michael R. Fornes and Stephen C. Bender, aged 29 and 30 at the time, were working as ski trail groomers at the Ski Wing Resort a few miles outside of the city of Olean in New York. They were working an overnight shift on February 6, 1978, 43 years ago, um, and it was a particularly cold night. According to the National Weather Service, temperatures that night dipped to about 9 degrees Fahrenheit, or for those of you working in Celsius, negative 12.8
0: Back. hi norway it's cold actually norway might think that's fine
1: yeah norway's like what that's summer that's no. <laughs> <second>. <laughs> i hope not Jesus. <laughs> we go swimming in the fjords <laughs> when it is that temperature
0: <laughs> flip-flop season
1: yeah right so they decided to take a break and went to the shell went into the chalet sometime between midnight and 1 a.m hoping to warm up probably yeah <laughs> So they stepped inside for a few minutes and were also probably picking up some tools to help repair a snow grooming machine that had broken down earlier in the night. But unbeknownst to them, inside the building, burglars were digging up a cash-loaded safe from the concrete floor of the manager's office. Damn.
0: That's an intense
1: robbery. Really Mm -hmm. unfortunate timing. Yeah. Startled, the robbers shot Michael and Steven three times each. Damn. Both of them had execution-style shots to the backs of their heads. Oof. Jesus. After killing the two men, whoever the intruders were, were able to haul away the heavy safe and got away with a whopping $18,000, which in today's money wow. that is a little over 76 grand. That's a lot more. Yeah. Of US dollars, yeah. hmm I mean, yeah, because it's like 1978, so. I
0: forgot we were back back.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's still not... I mean, this is coming from someone who isn't a murderer, but, like, it's not enough to kill someone <laughs> over, but apparently it was. It's better than $18,000. <laughs> That's true, yeah. That's why I put a whopping $18,000. I was like, wait a minute, that was years and years ago. Let's back calculate. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, calculations, calculations in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so a, a janitor showed up to work around 3 a.m. and unfortunately found their bodies. Here we are, what is it, 43 years later... People are still talking about this case and trying to figure out what happened. Um, In the Southern Tier, the ski wing murders are unsolved and they're considered to be among the most notorious crimes to ever take place in this region. Rumors about the murders and who was behind them swept through the community for decades and they still come up every now and then said retired (laughs) Kataragas County Judge Michael Neno, who is also an avid skier. Michael's younger sister, Michelle, said that she and her family will never get over what happened that night. The skewing case still frustrates Thomas Stopher, aged 81 now, or 80, I guess he would be 84 from when this was written, who is a retired state police investigator who was at the murder scene that morning. And he spent more than 30 years, like his entire mm-hmm. rest of his career, basically trying to run down hundreds of these leads and tips and theories that have been pouring in. Um, All to no avail. And they never
0: found the money, I'm assuming.
1: Yep. So he said, what bothers me is these were two innocent working men out there working a midnight shift on a bitter cold night. The guys who did this were hardcore criminals. They went there with guns and they were ready to use them and to make sure that there were no witnesses.
0: I'm going to say they're hardcore criminals because they were like breaking through a concrete floor. That's awesome. Yeah, like, they more, were wor- prepared. what I'm ready to do. <laughs> right. It just makes me think inside job, right? Like who knew the safe was because you yeah. said it was on the floor, right? So somebody would need to know that it was in the floor, mm-hmm. in the manager's office, and what, right? Yeah. And then have the appropriate tools to be able to excavate it, and then
1: you know, like what time of day? Yeah, it's not just like a break, like a break in and grab whatever you can. It's a no. We're going here for the safe. And
0: it's a ski resort. Yeah, Is it. it like off by itself? Like. Like, ski aren't normally in the middle of a town.
1: Yeah, it's not, like, in a town, but, I mean, there are surrounding areas that are more or less populated. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely agree that this had to be something, someone that at least knew that there was a safe that contained a decent amount of money on the yeah. property and where the safe even was.
0: Right, because who even knows, like, you know, how much money would be in the safe at any particular time. it's worth it to do this. What if they just went to the bank? Yeah. I also, as a terrible criminal, didn't even think about ski resorts having a a safe.
1: (laughs) Well, now it's like you pay for your passes online and, like, show up and, yeah. (laughs)
0: Their safes probably (laughs) have way less money. The safes now probably have $18,000 in them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) No one pays (laughs) in cash.
1: (laughs) That's true. So the investigation remains active and um, Ski Wing, which then had also been known as Wing Hollow, actually had to close down because of financial difficulties following this, um, oh, a few no. years after the murders.
0: So they put him out of business too.
1: Yeah. Maybe
0: it was a competitor. Oh, I didn't even think is there that. another, that's that's so, is so. there another is there another like lodge? It's <laughs> getting darker in the area? and darker. I don't know.
1: Probably I don't know. I just I've got the shining in my head the whole for this whole thing. Wow. I I don't know. That sounds awful. Mm -hmm. If it's like they got killed over business.
0: That's like most boring thing to have a killed over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, about a month after the crime, the police did find the safe, which was I think they measured it as a 175 pound safe. Mm-hmm. um in the allegheny river near nearby like several miles away basically um and the safe had been cracked and all the money was gone so they so found the safe that had been broken out of the concrete they and, like, found broke into one it. thing <laughs> yeah but no it's in the prints. river yeah yeah it's yeah.
0: in the river so there's no fingerprints or evidence on it no ballistics from the but somebody had to crack that safe unless they
1: like blew it up it just said that the safe had been cracked
0: mob hit oh god oh my god it's a front i don't know (laughs) i don't know oh the mob controls the other ski resort that's what i'm going with that's my theory i'm gonna go with grizzly bear (laughs) okay i like it the bear is just like nah i need this
1: all the salmon in the world
0: my wife is dying i need money for my dying child's heart
1: the bear the bear does Oh, okay.
0: I got really lost. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I am just thinking about bears now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So Michelle, Michael's younger sister, in an interview recalled that as she's talking about Michael and the things that he enjoyed doing, she had stated a couple of weeks before this happened, there had been another break in at Ski Wing. Michael had caught some teenagers in there. I believe that when he saw someone had broken in again, he probably thought it was just the teenagers again. Yeah. And he rushed in after them. Yeah. Trying to be the good person you know yeah
0: that's way too much commitment to give to a place that you work at michael but
1: yeah that's why they say too when you're like if you're a security guard at a mall or whatever or at like some store department store don't chase the thief no no don't be a hero (laughs) like it's not worth it for for what macy's like i know fuck fuck macy's So the the consensus was that they had to be professional criminals with some basic knowledge of the business, of where the safe was, that there was a lot of money, that it hadn't been emptied recently, Mm -hmm. that it was buried in the floor, partially submerged by concrete, and they would need tools to get it out. Mm -hmm. They were prepared to kill innocent people. And whoever knows about how this went down, they've stayed quiet about it all these years.
0: I'm going to say it probably was not those teenagers.
1: Probably not the teenagers, unless the teenagers were there to scout it out. Yeah. It's like an initiation thing for the mob. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So Michelle, continuing on in this interview, said, After it happened, my father would say, I wish it had been me and not Michael. Oh. My mother took it hard too. She left my brother's room exactly as it was for at least twenty years after he was killed. Yeah. Yeah. State police officials ask anyone with information about the killings of Fornes and Bender to call Giuliani at 716-373-2552 if you have any information. Stofer, the old retired cold case investigator for the Cattaraugus County DA office, he's worked in law enforcement for 50 years, retired for good in 2012. Oh, wow. He said, quote, over the years, allegiances can change. People who never would say anything before may decide to come forward. Friends turn into enemies. Guys get arrested and decide to cooperate for self-preservation.
0: Deathbed confession.
1: Someone on his deathbed oh. decides to clear his conscience.
0: Whoops. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> That's all in his little quote. Ding, gotta, ding, get ding. It,
0: gotta get to heaven.
1: And he continued to say, I'd love to see it solved. I still think about this case every day. I bet. It's the ones that like haunt those old detectives. Yeah. He has a
0: lot of good points that like allegiance can change it's been 43 years we did the math yeah <laughs> we did the- slowly but surely <laughs> we inched our way to the math
1: <laughs> um and then my third and final story for tonight is that of robert plant oh um and it's plant with an e at the end it's so like planty oh not like robert plant from- i was gonna say, uh-huh
0: <laughs> i'm like what did he
1: do in the cold uh, not that guy <laughs> robert okay
0: I know, specifically in the cold. Okay, Robert Planty.
1: <laughs> this is a little bit less cold, but still ski involved. Okay. Okay. So on May thirty first, nineteen ninety two, like springtime. Okay, it's warming up on the slopes. It's warming. But it's Vermont. But yeah, it's like slushy spring. Yeah. Yeah. May 31st, 1992, Glenn Mitchelson, who was 36 at the time, and his friend Stephen Zargo are preparing to host a party um, to be held at Glenn's house on Baker Brook Road near Williamsville, Vermont. Williamsville is an unincorporated area in like the middle of ski country in mountainy Vermont. Okay, so they're having they're having a party. Robert, age 21, had met Glenn at a mutual friend's house earlier that day, and Glenn thought he was a cool enough dude and invited him to the party that he was hosting. Robert, at twenty-one, apparently cannot handle his alcohol because after having a few at the party, his behavior changed and be- he became erratic, abrupt, and confrontational. Oh, a mean drunk! Yeah, a mean crazy drunk! Yeah,
0: who might not have been drinking for very long either, and so still realizing,
1: yeah, that's the
0: kind of drunk you are,
1: or not caring, yeah, or on something else too at the same time, and like sure. I don't know, options. I mean, it's the early nineties vermont what else is there to do other than maple syrup (laughs) cocaine okay (laughs) yeah like i don't know not making assumptions but just throwing it out there that there's other things too that can alter the mind that you might not be used to i'm such a fucking square
0: because i like i would just be on alcohol (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah I, i'm not really into a bunch of other mind-altering substances i but. take six
0: pills a day to keep my brain okay so i'm trying to stay away from all the mind-altering stuff although i kind of want to microdose that rhymed so well oh it totally did
1: <laughs> take, take six pills a day to keep my mind okay so i try to stay away from oh all the God. mind-altering things
0: i, I fell yeah. off at the end of that poem but you know i was gonna say i did all my bad stuff in my youth and we won't discuss that on air. Apparently, microdosing with mushrooms is actually very good for anxiety in some cases and depression. Okay. I know I've picked a lot of mushrooms, but I actually haven't done mushrooms. But my friend, my friend did, and he would always want me to skip school to go help him pick mushrooms. So that's what we did. (laughs) My boyfriend's from Humboldt County, California, which is a big weed growing place. But it's like, it's the funniest is that it seems like the, uh... Parents' generation are the ones that are like still like mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> let me roll this joint before dinner, <laughs> and like the kids are like, we'll oh, vape a little bit and maybe take a gummy and then go to bed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Andrew said uh,
0: he didn't smoke until he went to college,
1: partly out of rebellion. <laughs> I didn't either. But not out of a rebellion. I was very straight edge in high school to the point where when my high school boyfriend showed up somewhere with like red eyes, I was pissed at him. You're like, you stoner. I was like, you've been smoking weed? (laughs) Like, how dare you come here high? Like, you have to get high to hang out with me. Oh, I dated a
0: guy like that, so I, no, I he's also like, got high. I just
1: gotta get high. Yeah, I mean, he had other issues too, I'm sure, but yeah,
0: we can have another conversation someday about all of our bad boyfriends. <laughs> bonus episode,
1: bonus
0: Patreon, we have a Patreon for that. Yeah. I was just gonna, <laughs> oh my God,
1: yeah. Okay, where was I? They're in Vermont. Robert can't handle his alcohol. For fuck's sake, Robert,
0: snorting maple syrup. Yeah, he's just.
1: He's becoming <laughs> erratic, party. abrupt, confrontational. Oh, he made several unwanted advances toward a woman at the party. Oh gross.
0: So Glenn Rude. had just met him that day.
1: And Yeah, I was like, Hey, you house. seem chill. Yeah. And then once he starts drinking, he's not chill. He's not
0: chill at all. I mean, I definitely have met people that I would have invited to my house for a party same day. Like So I see I see what you did, Glenn. It's yeah, hard I mean, to it's, make friends as an
1: adult. It seems it like is. it was a pretty large house party too. Yeah. But, like, so even worse than the unwanted advances, he actually ridiculed and challenged a stroke victim because <gasps> of his inability to use one of his arms. Oh my God. What a fucking douchebag. I know, right? That's awful. And then attempted to take off in Glenn's car without his permission. Plenty. He had also tried to sneak away with Glenn's coveted leather jacket. No, and a not keg of the leather beer. jacket.
0: I'm still trying to find the perfect leather jacket. Was Glenn's the one I needed? Maybe.
1: <laughs> so, Glenn was able to intervene acting as host, right, in most of these mm-hmm. instances. Um, and the party calmed down eventually.
0: Did he leave? But
1: there's. Uh, Planting? No. Oh. No, he's still there. Um, so, there's still actually a few people left, but the majority of people have kind of like done. This is
0: a party I wouldn't probably want to stay till the very end. I like to stay till the very till I get kicked out most of the time, but this one I might be like bye bye. <laughs> They're
1: like, I don't know what he's gonna do next. This no, isn't like, get out of here fun. <laughs> well, I mean, I still don't know how big. Uh, could it be like one of those parties where there's like ten people in each room, kind of thing? Like, yeah. And if, like, so if you're in a different room, you just have no idea what's going on.
0: Like in all of those like high school movies where they always where it's just like throw those. It's huge like a club parties in a house. And I'm like, I've yeah. never even oh, as a college. Well. Maybe a frat party, (laughs) but, or a house party, maybe in college, but still. Yeah. They're few and far between.
1: I would not want to host a party that big. I would not do it in my fucking
0: house. That's for goddamn sure. Oh, hell
1: no. No. Mm -mm. Not anything where I'm financially responsible for any of the contents of the house. I mean, it'd be fun to do it, like, out in, like, a field or something. (gasps) That would be cool. We used to get shit-faced at the pumpkin maze. Yes, I do remember that.
0: That sounds, like, fun, though. It is fun. The only problem is having to pee. And you're just like, I'm stuck. And I'm in this maze. And like, Ah. usually... But if you're super drunk, though, I don't know. You find a place to pee. I peed behind a post office once. (laughs) I peed in a Rosemary plant at my rival high school team because I was mad. And then I smelled like rosemary the entire drive back. Mm, That's (laughs) not bad. It was very strong. It was pungent in the van. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone was just like, Hannah. Oh they supported me but okay. you're not supposed to wipe with it <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ooh, refreshing
0: it was astringent it was dark eye. i didn't even know it was a rosemary plant i'm lucky it wasn't oh, okay. like a fucking what's a gross smelling plant
1: juniper oh i was, I was gonna say i was gonna say stinging nettle Oh, well,
0: that too oh well, yeah stinging nettle <laughs> but juniper smells
1: like cat piss Ew. oh really
0: Mm-hmm. There used to be this I used to have tree, a on tree on campus up in Washington that would drop these berries that smelled like gaggingly like shit.
1: Ew. Was it a ginkgo?
0: I don't know if it was a ginkgo. Anywho, Because the, the female
1: ginkgo trees are pretty stinky. <laughs> and those trees that will like come when
0: they um flower.
1: Yeah. Twice a year in Davis.
0: And they're planted like every fucking public area. Ew, trees. Mm-hmm. I am on something tonight, you guys. Maple
1: syrup. <laughs> <laughs> We're
0: in Vermont. Or no. Are we in This is Vermont. This is Vermont. Okay.
1: Okay. So, party's winding down. Mm-hmm. Later that night at 11 o'clock, the only people remaining were Robert, Glenn, Stephen, Christopher Lepon, William Dorton, and Bart Stacy. And Bart actually had gone upstairs to go to sleep. Okay. So, Robert's hanging back. Glenn and Stephen are the ones hosting this party, and their friends Christopher and William are hanging. So at approximately 11.30, Steve and Chris and William decide that they want to leave and go to a pub in town. Uh
0: party's okay, not over. Know,
1: finish off their night over there, but also like, okay, we're leaving. You gotta go. Oh, that too. Yeah. bye.
0: <laughs> and then you go out the door and then you go back inside and shut it behind you.
1: Something uh-huh. like that, right? So they told Robert that he can't go with them because he doesn't have any money. And also, subcontext, they probably didn't want his company. Yeah. Yeah. He's been a douche all night. Yeah. So Robert then goes back inside and tries to, again, get Glenn's car keys and drive away without permission... But Glenn saw and was able to take the keys away from him and then went back into the house. Glenn,
0: keep your keys on your person. Yeah. How did Robert get
1: there? I know, right? Probably got, like, dropped off by the mutual friend who had since left, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Okay. So a neighbor of Glenn's said that he had watched three people depart from the home at around 1130. And then a few minutes later, he heard loud, argumentative voices coming from the house. And a few minutes Mm. later, then saw Glenn's car speeding down the road.
0: Uh, Oh, the planty get Not the keys
1: Glenn. we just saw the he just saw the car okay oh okay there's another neighbor that heard and um, saw the same thing corroborating this part of the story. Shortly before midnight, Robert and Kathleen Salzman, so not this Robert, it's a different Robert Salzman, um, who lived about a mile down Baker Brook Road, heard a car skid and crash in front of their house. Because the, this road actually is kind of built in the way that has like those ditches on the side instead of like a curb. Uh-huh. Yep. So Mr. Salzman went out to see what had happened and encountered Robert Plant walking towards him. And after a brief conversation, Robert became belligerent and unruly or continued his belligerent. He- Came? <laughs> anyway, yeah. <Question> mark? <laughs> this is Mr. Salzman's explanation of what had happened. So, figuring that he can't deal with this guy alone, Salzman returns to his house and calls the state police. Before the police arrived, Robert smashed through a window on their porch. Jesus. Breaks him through a window. And at that point, uh, Mr. Salzman forcibly removes him from the porch and, left, and then he left him alone.
0: Good job, Mr. Sort of, like, Salzman.
1: Grabbed him from the scruff of his neck and shoved him yeah. off the porch. I don't know. Flicked him in the <laughs> nose. You kid.
0: You're being naughty. Knock it off. Yeah, I don't say baseball <laughs> bat, bat, but
1: whatever. Something, right? So he got, he did something to make him leave, leave him alone. Yeah. So soon after, the police arrive at the Salzen's home, and he tells them what happened, and they begin searching for Robert in the surrounding areas, which I'm assuming is pitch black because this oh, is yeah. one of those winding roads out mm-hmm. in like a, an unincorporated area too of town. So it's like it's like dark. my house. Yeah, yeah. It's cool, but it's definitely dark and not easy to see people.
0: Was he hiding in the ditch? We'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. Just saying, somebody left my house one night after a bonfire party, and they hid in the ditch, and we had to find them. Ooh. What? That's... Why? Wow. Just because they, they were... They yeah, were not... It happened. Ready to drive home. No. Well, yeah, their car had left without them, and they were supposed to stay the night, and they didn't like that, so... Oh. They started walking, and then we had to go
1: recover said person, and then they were mad, so they tried to hide in the ditch, but we found them. So, close to midnight, police arrive there. They're looking for him in the dark. Around the same time, Stephen, Chris, and William return back oh, to oh. Glenn's house.
0: I was happy that they were still alive.
1: I was thinking they were dead.
0: I was too, but I'm not sure how long I'll be happy.
1: They're still there. They return back either because that was part of the plan to make it look like they're going away and then come back again. Sure. Like what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Or they got... To the bar and it was closing or something. I don't know. They ran out of cash.
0: They used someone else's car? Because Glenn's car all over...
1: Stephen's... No, yeah. Stephen's got his car. Okay. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. He lives there, too.
1: So they all took off with Steven, and Glenn stayed home, and when they took off and left Glenn and Bart, who was upstairs sleeping, yeah, Robert stole his keys again okay. somehow and took the car and then crashed it. All right. Okay, okay. Within a mile. I'm caught up. Okay. So in this, like, short 30-minute period of time, right, the boys leave as part of maybe a ruse of, like, let's get this guy out of the house. Mm-hmm. They leave, and while they're gone, the car gets stolen, crashed. Another neighbor gets pissed off. The police are called. They come back to the house. Mm-hmm. And when they enter the house, they discover a grizzly. Scene. No, not no. Bart.
0: He just wanted to sleep. He was just passed out.
1: Bart's okay. Oh, okay. Glenn.
0: Now I'm the very tired 30-something-year-old, and I just want to sleep. I want-
1: <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's 1130. I'm going to sleep. I upstairs. want all tired people to be safe. Yeah. Glenn's body was found lying in the hallway with a ski pole impaled in his neck.
0: Oh, my God. Whoa. Wow. Seriously? So-
1: Steve and Chris and William are freaking out they call the police and they go upstairs to see if Bart was okay or not Bart just slept through it Bart Bart was passed (laughs) sleeps like a champ man (laughs) the police who are still at the Salzman residence still looking for Robert out in the dark I
0: was gonna say they're nearby get the call
1: And so they respond to that call. They enter Glenn's house. They find him in the hallway lying in a pool of blood. Next to him are Robert's shoes. Oh, Jesus. What? They also found two knives in the kitchen sink, a meat cleaver in a closet, and a knife stuck in the wall. What? The fuck went down in those 30 minutes? Right? I mean, even less than that, but yeah. ended with a ski pole. Yeah. Yeah. Please identify Robert's palm print on the shaft of the ski pole that was implanted in the victim's neck. And his boot print in a pool of the victim's blood. Robert was actually found wearing Glenn's boots. And leather jacket. And his leather jacket. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, sorry. I I jumped the gun here. I was just trying to make a joke. The boot print was was Robert's boot print. And his shoes are left, his boots are left behind next to the body.
0: So you can very easily match the print to the boot. Very kind of you, Robert Planty.
1: But then who's wearing the boots?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, his DNA would be in, This seems like a children's book.
1: Who has the boots? <laughs> it's 1992. There's no DNA, right? Like, you know, maybe that's, it wasn't that smart, but it was like kind of funny. It's like, oh, I stepped in the blood. I guess I'll just leave these cars. <laughs> they won't know they're mine. The police resumed their search for Robert, found him lying in the woods in the ditch. Yes! Ah! Next to the road. Ah! Near the salesman home. <laughs> Man, he just circled around. No, I think I think this is what ha- it happened before he even took off in the car. I see. Okay. So in the few minutes between the three men leaving in Steve's car and Glenn's car getting stolen and then crashed, Glenn was killed. Jesus
0: Christ. Yeah.
1: He was apprehended found to be wearing Glenn's boots and his leather jacket. His hands and clothing were soaked with blood. Mm -hmm. The state police laboratory conducted blood typing analyses on the blood samples taken from the scene and from the the defendant's clothing and also from Glenn and Steven, just to be able to like cross-reference. Okay, sure. And so the analyses reported that the type of blood in each sample was screened for erythrocytes, acids, and phosphatase. So it's like an EAP test, which was not like it's, it shows some genetic fingerprints, but it's not as in-depth as, like, the test that we have now. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's the best kind of that they had at the time, I guess.
0: Yeah. Which is still better than just blood typing.
1: Yeah. It's not just like, oh, you're A positive. Therefore, oh, cool. you know. There could be... So the results of these indicate the blood found on Robert at the time of his arrest was, in fact, Glenn's. Big oh, surprise. Man. Yep. The state's chemist who performed these blood tests the, wait, um, hold, and testified. Out. The
0: state's chemist? Is that a job? Yes. Hannah's like, I'm moving to I Vermont. I don't think I'm qualified, actually. But, uh.
1: It's kind of like the forensic chemist, I guess, mm-hmm. who just okay. like, it's like um, a little bit better than a CLS title, but still a government job hmm. where you're doing these tests, I guess. But can you
0: guys become forensic scientists with your I looked into it, degrees. to be honest. Um, it doesn't pay very well. It doesn't. I know, but it'd be great for our podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. This podcast, yeah. though, is definitely... not giving me a retirement plan. <laughs> you never know. Norway could
1: keep bumping Fingers us. Fingers crossed. But, um. could boom. Kaboom. 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 Where was I? Oh, okay. State's chemist who performed these blood tests then testified against Robert Plant about the results in court. He was discharged several months later after the tests were completed when drugs were found to be missing from the police laboratory. (gasps) Oh. Oh. Officials conducted hair sampling on the chemist and results indicated that he used the missing drugs. Okay, state
0: That's not the job I thought it was.
1: So he had, by the time of the trial, accepted a plea bargain and received a deferred sentence for possession of fentanyl on October 21st, 1992. So after all of this had happened. Okay. But of course, Robert and his lawyer wanted to be able to use this and brought into question the validity of the blood test results, saying that he might have been on drugs when he ran these tests. Yeah. You
0: know, I've been a little drunk when I've done some stuff in lab and it's all
1: turned out fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it didn't stand up in court and Robert ended up with well over a life sentence. Yeah, Good. you fucking better.
0: A, you killed Glenn that you just met. You just met this you
1: man. You stole literally his that day. Jacket
0: and car. You stole his car and crashed his car and you stabbed him in the fucking
1: neck with a this. This is
0: Ugh. Did he use the knives on Glenn, or was it just the ski pole?
1: It didn't actually say whether or not there was blood on the knives.
0: Okay, I'm Maybe not he sure. He just started what's up just throwing knives. <laughs>
1: Maybe. Who knows? Or maybe they were tr- – maybe Um. Maybe Glenn had tried picking them up to use as defensively. Yeah. But yeah. I wasn't able to find m- very many details on this case as far as the knives go. Okay. So Robert Plant is an inmate currently at the Vermont Department of Corrections. He'll be released – here's another calculation for you – in the year 2193 or after 62,771 days.
0: <laughs> and he has a little countdown in his cell. Yeah.
1: He's like, I'm gonna make well, it. I'm gonna make it you luck, guys. Good luck,
0: Clancy. I don't think you're gonna make it, but you know, yeah. something to live for. 91. You said 2091. Well, I'll nope. be dead. No, 2193. Oh, 2193. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, no. He's you're not dead. gonna make it.
1: 62,000 days.
0: <laughs> we all dead.
1: <laughs> oh Lord. So yeah, there's this, this little website that. You can look up an inmate number and it'll tell you how much time they have left. There's
0: also okay. a little website that will um, get you pen pals.
1: Mm-hmm. You can write to them in the same website.
0: I was say, <laughs> Vermont seems like a place that has a low number of prisoners. Let's look it up.
1: Let's Send see. them some L.L. Bean swag.
0: Yeah, they're wearing duck boots in prison. <laughs> Depends on how damp it it's is. Cold. Well, I'm not the first person to Google Vermont prison population. Just FYI. So it says Vermont has an incarceration rate of 288 per 100,000 people, and currently there are 1,229 people in the prison system. Honestly, that's more than I would have guessed. Yeah, that's like a half of one of Washington's prisons. Yeah, it's still like, low. and we Very have a low. few. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You got Walla Walla. Yeah, but we also have, like, I think there's 12 or 13 different, and then there's different levels. Oh, yeah. There's, like, camps, and yeah, it's crazy. I just remember always driving back from wherever, driving (laughs) back to Walla Walla, and you knew you were close because you could see the lights of the prison Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. You're like, oh, almost home. It's a beacon. I didn't live in prison, but... Not a beacon of freedom. When I went over there, what I found hilarious was that they've got, literally on this kind of slope, they've got penitentiary in, like, flowers. <laughs> oh. Oh. Like Disneyland trying out to make with mouse like, nice. ears, but with, oh my god, uh-huh. penitentiary. And some inmate probably takes care of those flowers. <laughs> Right, it's probably a job that they have or whatever, but I was like, what the fuck is that flower? <laughs> That's hilarious. In a you gotta be indicted to be invited. Walla walla, good times. When's Marty coming on? Maybe my next one.
1: Okay. Hi Marty. Hi Marty. Hi Marty. Hey, <laughs> you. So yeah, those are my three for thirty-three. Those were fantastic. Snow
0: like snow dogs.
1: That was just awesome.
0: I like the theme. Thank you. I mm-hmm. love a good, good theme. Job. Mm-hmm. How about some astrology? Bring yeah. me the ass news. <laughs> ass news corner. And you don't like threes? Come on. I hate them. I'm going to start the astrology corner with three sextiles. Keep to the theme. All right. So for our listeners, sextiles are a 60 degree aspect. 69. Sexy. (laughs) We've got... Three of these sextiles coming up on November 30th, which is Tuesday. So the first one is Mercury in Sagittarius will be sextile with Saturn in Aquarius. And this means that it's a good day to share our knowledge and our talent with other people. And then... What day is this? Sorry. Tuesday, November 30th. Maybe we should okay. record on Tuesday.
1: All right? <laughs> <laughs> I am – I don't know if I can because I'm going to be elsewhere doing high-pressure freezing and – Oh, okay. Oh, maybe I'll be doing – no, I will be doing freeze substitution and embedding then.
0: It was partially a joke, but, you know – EM.
1: EM. <laughs> and then we're also
0: going to get the sun in Sagittarius sextile to Saturn in Aquarius again, same day, November 30th. And this is a, this means that it's going to be a really good day to show off your unique talents to someone important. <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm going to set up an RNA library, bitches. That's my unique talent. <laughs> But wait, I'm gonna tie it together because Venus and Capricorn will also be sextile with Neptune and Pisces. Wow. And this is a euphoric day Whoa. for your romantic relationships as commitment huh.
1: and pleasure ah, will be
0: fuck. gotta get down.
1: Bountiful. Ah, so got, get one of those manifestation O's. Got to right? get.
0: Oh, you could practice some sex magic.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, manifestation. Right? Was... Yeah. So, A, it's a good day to
0: share your knowledge and talent, and B, it's a good day to show your unique talents to someone special, and then it's just going to be a sexy-ass day. So, there's awesome. your three sex tiles for that. Tuesday, November 30th. I have, I have 30th. plans to make. And then my okay. birthday's a month away.
1: Oh, yay! Yeah. Woo! Can't awesome. All right, so the day after, is there only 30 in November? (laughs) I don't know. 30 days past (laughs) September, April,
0: June, and November. All the rest have 31. Never remember that.
1: What about February? Not a chance. (laughs) So December 1st, Neptune turns direct. Hi! Which, like, everyone's like, oh, it's turned direct, it's no longer in retrograde. That's normally a good thing for clarity. But Neptune, for all you Pisceans out there, it's the planet of illusion and fantasy. So when it's direct and in connection with an important part of your chart, it means that you're going to feel more dreamy, more confused. You're going to have this weird veil of like non-reality. Your dreams might be more vivid, which like, fuck my life. God, I can't. I can barely keep my dream life separate from my real life. (laughs) So yeah, whoopsie. That's December 1st.
0: All right, I'm gonna come down pretty hard. Come
1: down pretty hard on what?
0: December first. When now oh. I'm not sure if everything, all of those manifestation O's were an illusion.
1: Oh, I see.
0: Well, and all of my dreams and hopes.
1: It's a good day for journaling and creativity.
0: It's also the president of the TCT fan club's birthday. Oh,
1: happy birthday! Oh, happy birthday,
0: Mrs. President. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> i decided to do that very late and to say a happy birthday <laughs>
1: <laughs> that won't be too bad of a day hopefully. okay and then december 4th there's a new moon and full solar eclipse with this new moon <gasps> in sagittarius with the caveat that it's only ever going to be visible to the inhabitants of antarctica so live <laughs> it up penguins <laughs>
0: And those couple people at like Palmer Research Center.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this is going to affect anyone with mutable signs like Gemini, Sagittarius, Pisces, and Virgo most significantly. What's it going to do to me, Sarah? Uh, Me too. And (laughs) Sarah. Well, new moons have their own kind of special powers and full solar eclipses also have their own kind of special powers. It's going to be a good day to be able to harness energies and be able to redirect them. Okay. So new moon, new beginning, figure out what your next goals are going to be and then harness that energy. Write scripts. Get a job. Sure, yeah. (laughs) Get a job. (laughs) Or, you know, just come up with some other personal goal for yourself. Okay. Yeah, I think because of the mutability too of these signs, it it would be a good idea to come up with something that's a little bit more personal than concrete. Okay. Okay. Something that you can work towards rather than it being like an actual tangible something.
0: Wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> Working towards that goal every day. That's my goal. <laughs> wow. That's what I got. Okay. Lots of ass news. Ass news. Do do. In our trine, right? Thirty three. Ah, trine, triangle, whatever. Yeah. We've got a huge trine. And I'm super drunk right now. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) My drink was a lot stronger than I thought it was going to be. So, friends. Norway. I still really want to hear from you because, like I said, they've just been exploding our analytics. Hungry, we would also like to hear from you, too. And our new friend in South Dakota, we would love to hear from you. We would actually love to hear from any of our friends. Okay, anybody you do, can contact us. Yeah, literally anybody. We, yeah. I, we need more. Reach out. We need more murder mittens.
1: We do need more murder mittens. Slash we need also murder. seasonal affective disorder. Ooh, Don't right? get sad. Yeah. Get mad. Reach out. Don't get mad either. (laughs) No, don't get mad. Don't get mad over snow. (laughs) No.
0: But reach out to us. We also, middens, snacks, Mm -hmm. any sort of pet. Yeah, any pets. Got a llama? For sure. Love it. Oh, heck yeah. So there's a... An Australian farmer, and he's got a llama, and he's got like a YouTube channel, and his llama's name is Patrick. Have you seen this? <laughs> oh no. My God. And so he's like doing his farm tours and stuff, and then he's always like, Patrick, <laughs> why are you such a creeper? Look at you creeping, Patrick. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. So if you're in Australia and you're and you're the farmer for Patrick, reach out as well. Love you. Because hi. We would love to hear from you. So we're on Twitter at True Trine, on Instagram at True Crime Trine, on Facebook at TCT Podcast. You can email us directly at True Crime Trine at gmail.com. We still have stickers, so if you want one of those, hit us up. And check out our website, www.TrueCrimetrine.com. Woo! Woo! Bow. Do you have a quote? I don't. I totally forgot. I do. Okay, good. Yay! Yay! So this is from my coworker. Oh, because she's amazing. She won't listen to our podcast, but she's amazing. She gives me stories and quotes and all sorts of stuff. And she liked and starred us five stars. She did. Mm -hmm. Good. Yay! Yeah, rate and review, friends. We we would appreciate it. So this is from Robert Browning, who was an author, English poet, playwright in the 1800s, and his quote is as follows. The good stars met in your horoscope made you of spirit and fire and dew. Okay. End quote. Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email trine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.